Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello there, man. And Fernando. Hey there, Ben. Today, we're honored to have a guest. He's part of Well-Read Comedy, uh, along with Trey Crowder, who we've had on this show as well, the liberal redneck. One of his compatriots, Drew Morgan, is with us. Drew has a brand new special coming out, and it is called To My Future Kids. I'm sorry, which is very nice and very Canadian of you. Ah, Hello. Yes, I've always been considered myself a Canadian honorary. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Drew. You can tell by the accent I'm from Saskatchewan. The reason that you're on this show is because you got a brain. It's a large brain indeed. You used to be a public defender in Tennessee and most of your career spent in Miami-Dade, which I can't wait to hear some of your stories about being a public defender. You did the Lord's work, a job that receives zero accolades, not that much money, and it seems as if um, just every single day you're forced to go against a system that sucks. So obviously (laughs) we have the backdrop of what's going on right now with the Manhattan DA and just the conversation as a whole about weaponized uh, district attorney's offices, whether they be conservative or liberal, whatever, people politicizing the um, institution that is our legal system. What do you think about that as a whole in this country right now? Right now, like you're asking me right now, or what do, you, what do I think about the moment we're in? Because I don't think it's any worse than it's ever been. It's probably do you think it's always been hyper politicized? Hyper, probably more so. I think with the um, 24/7 news cycle, I think it's actually lessened a little bit. Really? Yeah. What made it like in Miami Dade? What was so politicized about that? Other than the fact, was that the same uh, legal system that allowed Epstein to get off with a slap on the wrist, and uh, they th- still fed him a bunch of kids in jail when he was in you know, when he was in jail for pedophilia? It was either that one or Broward County, and Broward County's just as bad. Same deal: sheriff, prosecutors, everybody's bought off by somebody. Yeah, oh, Broward County is super, super corrupt. Because what <laughs> yeah. you do when you have a Miami Dade case, and you're not allowed to do it there because of the media and the spotlight. I'll give you an example of one in a moment. They just kick it to Broward every time and Mm -hmm. the same exact result happens that they would have had in Miami-Dade. But no one cares what happens in Broward. No, because it's it's, it's the Wild West up there. It doesn't sound as fun. Miami-Dade. Ooh, Ooh. dance clubs and and Dade is there. Yeah. (laughs) So isn't that exciting? He's got steel toe boots on because he's a working man. And also, don't call him Dave. He'll start crying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's you nailed it. That's basically the culture. I mean, everyone knows that, you know, people make the joke like, oh, Miami's not really America. And I don't think they're trying to be racist when they say that. I think they're trying to say the culture is so 
Caribbean and yeah. different, you know, you go to Broward and you're like in Texas. Mm. Right. That is interesting about Florida. It is many different states all wrapped into one big ding dong. And obviously <laughs> it might uh, spit out on a national stage, Ron DeSantis. Although I'm telling you, this tapioca pudding story, uh. this could really derail him. <laughs> it's going to cost him a couple of points. You saw this story. He's eating tapioca pudding with his goddamn fingers. I don't care how horrible he is as a person. <laughs> Literally half the, half the country would be like, yeah, he wants to bring back slavery. It's about economics. But then they hear... He ate what with what now? Yeah. Tapioca put it with his fingers. Can we trust him? I don't. <laughs> so what made Broward County so corrupt and why did they take Miami-Dade high-profile cases over there? So my prime example is I was working as a public defender down there in Miami-Dade and a young prosecutor shot at his girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. And um, got arrested. It was a whole big, you know, kerfuffle. Right. A whole big thing. He was the, I want to say, nephew Oof. of a senator. Okay. And he was a prosecutor. Mm. So it looks bad all around. So his story was that the gun accidentally went off. It mm. happens all the time. Whether you're a Baldwin or a prosecutor, these guns <laughs> have a mind of their own. Yeah, we're in a parking <laughs> garage. There's video of us screaming at each other. Uh -huh. And then my gun accidentally went off. You know, oh. uh. sometimes when I yell... I accidentally go for my gun. Yes. Right. So then we got her statements, right? And and being as part of the public defender's office, and, you know, you make friends with cops, you make friends with this one and that one. I We saw her statement. It okay. never got out. Someone gave her the talk to Jesus conversation mm. of, we're going to take care of this, don't worry. But if you want to do well in this business, right. you're going to accept, you know, you're going to kind of go quietly here. Wow. They said that to the prosecutor. That that That's a theory that I have. They said they were both prosecutors. Okay. They, they, oh, both the victim and the guy. Yes. Oh, okay, wow. double prosecutors. Right. Mm. So Sounds more like they were executioners. Hey. <laughs> okay. So they have to, they move the case to Broward. Okay. And my bosses immediately are like, that's, that's worse than here. That's even more corrupt. There's okay. no way he's going to get anything other than a slap on a wrist, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. They dismiss it. Oh, they wow. shot at her three times. Wow. Yeah. They dismissed the whole case. Why? They say that there's no evidence. Oh. The camera doesn't count, right? <laughs> the, the camera was them yelling. Oh, okay. And then what other evidence they had but her statement. Oh. Who knows what was said to her? Who knows what was threatened to her? So he didn't right. hit her. Didn't punch her. No, I'm saying he didn't hit her with the bullets. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a loser. He can't shoot. Wow. Oh. Three <laughs> shots and you can't even shoot your own girlfriend. Yeah, that, that's really why they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real that, scandal. Yeah. That's why they fired him, really. It's like you, you can't be a Florida prosecutor if you can't hit one out of three. Nephew of a senator, <laughs> prosecutor, case dismissed. No big deal. Now, like you guys are in the media. This wasn't that long ago. How did like almost this didn't get out at all. First of all, his relationship to the senator never got out. We mm. all knew about it. So we're furious. We're like 27. What senator do you know? I can't remember their name. It was a state senator. Too. Okay. Oh, state senator. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a little bit little bit lower. A little level. bit less, but also as we talk Profile. about on this show all the time, Important. local state houses yeah. have huge amounts of power. 100%. And no one knows who the hell these people are. Especially <laughs> in Florida. And you want to talk about corruption and how to live in a corrupt world. So we're 28, 29. And I don't know if you ever hung out with public defenders, but we get a little high on our own. Right. Our own dope, you know? We, we, we think we're punk rock. Like, I, I remember sitting in a meeting one time and someone telling us we were the new civil rights leaders. Ooh. And I was like, you can't, I, was, I was at least old and smart enough to know at that point because I've been around a little while. Like, you can't tell 25-year-olds who just graduated from Yale and are working for 40 grand a year that kind of thing because right. it's going to, like, make them, you know, 
fill themselves too much. Yes. Then it's I realized Ma- that's why they did it. It's Martin Luther King and me, Joel. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, at first I was like, it's dangerous to tell a kid that. And then a few years passed. And I'm like, oh, that's how you get that kid to take $42,000 a year and ship benefits in 70 right. cases, 80 mm-hmm. hours a week even though they graduated from Yale top of the mm, I mean, they are civil rights heroes in the sense they were treated horribly by the establishment and not paid enough money for their work. I will 100% That's agree good. with anybody that says public defenders are heroes. But you tell a 25-year-old that you're the new <laughs> civil rights leader, right. it's like you're yeah. doing it for a fucked up reason. Yeah, you know, you got to get the guy to show up with shoes on. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not so right, bad. Right. So that's where what we're you, at. That, what do you think would have happened if someone that maybe was one of your clients? Oh, we were fucked. Uh, shot three times at a girlfriend after seeing video of them fighting. What this, do you think would happen then? This is exactly why I brought up using corruption for your own. Okay. So, so we're high on our own supply. We're coming in. His name was Manny. Fuck Manny. We all knew. Like, he went to law school with one of our friends. We had gone to the bar with this guy. Matter of fact, I threatened to whip his ass one night. Really? I used to be wild. So anyway. Well, it's a good thing that he didn't pull out a gun and shoot you three times Uh. and miss. (laughs) So fourth time's the charm. Right. I've always heard that. Yeah. Uh, So that was at a bar with a hot tub in it. I was in my underwear when I threatened him. We used used to get wild. They also had a a prosecutor with a don't tread on me tattoo. Okay. We had a lot of fun with that. All right. Wow. I love a prosecutor with a horrible fucking cliche on their arm. Well, also think about I would rather have a prosecutor that says live, laugh, love, or just like (laughs) in this house, we serve God. Well, also think about the irony. It's like, who's doing the treading here? Prosecutor Paul. Exactly. (laughs) You're in the treading arm of the government. But you make an interesting point here. And I want to talk again. I'm sure you have a case that you want to talk about. That's an interesting parallel. But prosecutors and public defenders and defense attorneys, y'all hang out with each other. Yes and no. So does that create? Well, let's just go with the yes angle on this, because, again, you were in your underwear <laughs> uh, with some prosecutors, <laughs> but do they you think that, that that's a good thing or a bad thing? Ooh, I think it could be a good thing in a healthy community. Miami Dade, I realized when I started working in um, Knoxville and a little bit when I did some work in New York, I realized Miami Dade is not a healthy community inside the justice system. And I think it goes back to the deep level of corruption. Yeah. And then, but we didn't really hang out. Like they crashed that party. Like, we had hotter girls. I mean, that's a fact, like just at that right. time. And so the prosecutor dudes would always try to find out where we are and come hang out. And, you know, it worked for a few of them. But yeah, but so using the corruption to your advantage. So we come in the next day or whatever, that Monday, whatever it is, we're like they fucking dismissed this case. This is bullshit. We're going to pro. What are we doing? Fuck them. You know, all that. And our bosses yeah. call a meeting and they set us down and they're like, listen, we know that you know, you're upset because our clients get treated a certain way. And then now this guy gets special treatment because of who he is. Mm. But this is a good thing. We're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. They're like, we want you guys to know that every weapons case for the next four months, we're taking no pleas on. We'll go to trial every time. And when they give you a shit deal, like a shit offer on it, you tell them, no, we're going to trial. And I'm opening with your uh, your own guy shooting three times at his girlfriend and it getting dismissed. And you can Ooh. say that in court. You can bring that personal angle to it when it comes to, um, or legally or not, or would the judge be like, that's the thing. Yeah, it depends on the When judge. a judge is like, jurors, forget that. <laughs> Shooting? No. If I was a defense right. attorney, I would just say right. everything. You right. could get held in contempt and they can throw your case out if you do it too much. Okay. Right. But that's absolutely a move. So because you just say it and then it's like, 
okay, don't forget to forget that now. Oh, it's also like, as soon as you, the judge is like, forget that, they're like, why? It right. must be real important. Yeah. Right. But it's also a good way to get in, like, you know, deep shit trouble. Sure. It's sure. worse when a prosecutor does it. Not just not just my opinion because I'm a public defender, which is part of me saying that. But it's also because, like, if their case gets thrown out, they may not bring it again. Right. I get a mistrial. That might have been what I was going for. <laughs> but I would also say, you know, when it comes to uh, keeping society safe, maybe someone who shoots at people three or four times, maybe they should be held uh, to a uh, a little bit of a standard of punishment. Yeah. And so I don't think it is a positive no matter what, because then you also have cases that are making people or allowing people who might need a couple of couple of months to cool off in the pokey to go right back out on the streets. So I don't understand how that would be a positive at all. Cause I mean, even as a public defender, if someone's in there and you're like, this person's batshit, he probably needs to not be on the streets right now. Maybe a little mental health check might work. Don't you think that that would still be the better approach than just being like, well, this prosecutor shot people, uh, shot this chick three times and missed because he sucks. My client, <laughs> he hit his victim. He's a hero. Yeah, I mean, that's not really, that's a great hypothetical, but it's not the reality. So the situation wasn't that I was going in there and like, hey, this guy shot three people, but you got to let him out. It was more right. like this dude was pulled over. The officer claimed he smelled marijuana and mm. then they found a gun in the car. Got right. you. We're not right. we're we're not giving a fuck about the gun today, boss. We're not right. giving, you guys you guys have set the standard, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was it was another weapon for us to push. It's not as if automatically every weapons charge was dismissed because that was ultimately up to the prosecutor's office. Right. It was more of this is a feather in our cap. And what our bosses were doing was were saying we cannot change what just happened. Now we will use it to our client's advantage. Right. And then I guess the final point I'll make, and this one's a tough one. It took me years to be able to even talk with my family about this in a way that they understood. Yeah. My job wasn't to make society better. Mm. That was the prosecutors and the police's job. Mm. Now, my job did make society better. And I believe that in my heart. And the reason why is we have found and we have studies showing this. There's evidence, piles and piles of it. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't make the police and the prosecutors do their job the right way, they will pretty quickly start doing it the wrong way. Absolutely. Right. And once they start doing it the wrong way, you will have people go down who shouldn't go down. Right. Left and right. So is it a positive thing? No. But let me ask you this. If they let that guy off mm. and they don't care because he's their buddy and they think he deserves a second chance, then they have to let another guy off or another case gets dismissed and that turns out that's truly a bad guy. Maybe they won't let that guy off the next time. Right. Maybe the next time mm. they're faced with a scenario of one of their own being charged with a crime, they're like, the last time we brushed one of these under the rug, it was bad for all of us. Yeah, it was just end. a pain in the ass, right? It, and it was dangerous because we lost face. Now we're not as good of a prosecutor office, so we are letting more. So your point, right? I, maybe I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but if a scenario happened where... One bad led to another bad. Hopefully that will correct the behavior of the prosecutor's office in the future. And I think the overall lesson is prosecutors should never date another prosecutor. If you're a prosecutor <laughs> and you date another prosecutor, that's two type A's. Yes. That ain't going to work. It's not going to work. It's also got to be bad not. sex. 
And that's not even taking a dig at prosecutors. It's just no. two people competing. No one's giving. They're all taking. They're all oh, taking. Yeah. That's mm. the problem. You need to get a good public defender in there. They they go between the legs. They know what they're up to, and they're there to do the work, and it's only 42 grand a year. That's all it costs. Where's my camera? Public defenders eat pussy. There we go. There we go. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So with your experience, how has that shaped you when it comes to comedy? Obviously, um, again, we're talking a lot about the criminal justice system. And now we're talking about it in the macro sense when it comes to Donald Trump. There's a lot of people in New York City who think that Elvin Bragg, the Manhattan prosecutor, the Manhattan DA, should be focusing on crimes that are happening in New York City. But of course, they're focusing on this grand jury with Donald Trump. Do you think that this is going to lead to more trust or more distrust within the system, the judicial system, because already public opinion, I think, of the institution is quite low, especially given the Supreme Court, which is now blatantly political, without a doubt, at least before they used to pretend Mm -hmm. that they weren't. But where do you think that is now when it comes to the just view that people have of the institution as a whole? Yeah, I think. I think, again, you're asking me, how will this a symptom of the problem affect the problem? And the reason I'm saying it that way is what's happening in New York, it's going to make some people who are super fervent. I mean, there are some people whose personality online is still, we got to arrest Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. There's always that. There's the. And then there's some people whose entire personality is being in the cult of Donald Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. When you talk, if you're talking about those two groups, this is just either going to validate what they've already felt. Trump's a victim. Right. Or, thank God, America's back, Mm -hmm. which is also a ridiculous way to believe it. Now, America's not back. So the question (laughs) to me that's way more important is, did this man commit a crime? And is it one that we should be prosecuting? Did the Manhattan DA ask that fairly? Or did they ask, how do I make my career? Right. Mm. And and we we jumped that shark a long time ago. Uh, Maybe the OJ trial, maybe before that, maybe anything before that would have been before my time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously, we have celebrity chefs. We have celebrity everything. You can be a celebrity cobbler. Um, (laughs) mm, Cobbler. Mm. (laughs) The idea of fame and the institution, it has to change things. I mean, I... I think about this sometimes when it comes to like Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court uh, overturning Roe. I wonder if that Blasey Ford thing didn't happen if they would have done it. Mm-hmm. I think Kavanaugh was really fucking pissed. And I don't know how much this stuff has to act. They're just, these are human beings, right? 
And I feel like because, and their egos are huge. Right. I mean, Prosty, you think actors have big egos. A a person who is a judge. Yeah. The ego ego. of someone who wants to be a judge Mm -hmm. is fucking astronomical. I'm not sure we could have egoless judges, honestly. So it's not possible. There's Mm -hmm. no way you could do it. So I wonder how much does the celebrity and the fame, how much does that dictate what then becomes policy? It has to have an effect. Well, mm. Donald Trump was, if not the tipping point, the the tip of the iceberg of us seeing that. I mean, think about the institution of the presidency. It's always been a celebrity type role. Mm-hmm. It's right. been a very specific type of celebrity role. And now clout, and we see this in comedy. We see this in podcasting. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere now. And we see it in the justice system. Mm-hmm. Clout is actually the most powerful form of currency you know, other than if you have a billion dollars, obviously if you have of a billion course, a dollars, a billion dollars can, is a billion dollars, yes. but what do you buy with it? Yes. Exactly. Clout. Exactly. exactly. Intrinsically it's clout. Yeah. yeah. Elon Musk literally just went to, yeah. he's the, yes. he's number one on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the number one guy. <laughs> right. That was, that's what he spent 44 billion yeah. on. Right. Right. Clout. So, so you're clout. making a, a very good point. I do think with the Supreme court, this was a federalist society engineered move. Over. Yeah. It took, it took like six decades for it, them yes. to get this in line. So I right. also think that if he personally, Kavanaugh, didn't care that much about Roe, yes, them embarrassing him made him lean more that way. But I think he also, I think that man owed some favors. You know what I mean? I sure. think getting there. Right. Which that's that's also scary to think about. What I'm essentially saying <laughs> right. to you is that yeah. our Supreme Court is, in my opinion, if not entirely bought and sold, as loyal as any politician. Well, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you how do you get to be nominated to the Supreme Court? Right. Clout. You know, right. yeah, exactly. And then it's like, what sets you up? Because are they really the greatest legal minds? No. Absolutely no. <laughs> not. No, so they've had one or two over the years. And in the past, that was partially the case because it was the best measurement people had for clout in that world. Right. It wasn't like the pureness of the, th- I mean, if you want to go back to the 1930s, it's not like everyone was of a pure mind and heart back then right, in, the, right. in the world of social <laughs> policy. No. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, that guy, that guy was like really smart at Harvard. I, I guess that's how we measure things. Mm. Over time, yeah. when we realize how powerful these institutions are. And by the way, the Republicans admit this every time they go after a left-leaning judge. And the Democrats admit this every time they go after a right-leaning judge. Because what they do is they go, oh, you're only nominating this person because she's a black woman, but let's look at her um, resume. Right. Mm. And then on the flip side of that, they'll go, yeah, we're looking at this resume. He went to Harvard. So did his dad. Mm. My Mm. point being, we're all playing this game of this resume means this and this resume means that. But no one is saying that I've seen in a long time, this person has been a judge their whole career and this is what they were great at. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And mm-hmm. here's why. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of that. Thank God, still. A little bit. Yeah. But it's it seems to roll back every time. And I don't... You can you could place the blame on corruption. You could place the blame on identity politics. You could place the blame on the media and fame and clout. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, a much smarter person than me would have to write an entire book to unravel it all. Mm-hmm. But we're in such a strange time culturally where... PR, what we used to call PR, is way more important than it used to. It really is. And, you know, when it comes to the Mm. hearings that we see, everything that's important is done behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. The only Mm -hmm. shit that we see is the salacious stuff, 
the stuff that really doesn't have any bearing on how well that person would do on the job. It's the politicians trying to get their 30 second sound bites for their little ads mm-hmm. uh, on all sides of the aisle. My biggest pet peeve is someone asking a question like, so, you know, that people are at, so like Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Julia. So anyway, what I am trying to say here is that all cupcakes are absolutely delicious and completely and utterly wonderful. I love a chocolate cupcake and I love the frosting. Would you agree? <laughs> and then that's how they do it. And then it's like, yes. And then it's these are not real questions. They make statements and then they say, would you agree? And it's not actually they're not asking any actual questions of substance. So I wonder what better way could we choose our judges? I mean, what's a better way to do it? I know that we have some local elections and things of that nature, but on a big scale, that doesn't exist. No, I don't think there's a Band-Aid fix for that because what we're really talking about is a sort of rot at the heart of our entire system and Mm. society. But Mm -hmm. this is why we have motherfuckers like Donnie, you know, going in the whole system's rigged and everyone on all sides is like, yeah, you're right. You're not the answer. Yeah. But at least he's right. saying some bullshit. That's quite literally you know, but not th- why he got elected, but why he went from in the back of the pack on the right to an formidable candidate. So how do we get rid of the decay? What Ooh. do you I mean, how do you mm. the entire and I mean, people have been talking about thought. the system for a long yeah. time. Mm. And mostly it was communities that were most victimized by it. Poor people, uh, you know, black folks. Uh, People who saw the system and they were uh, confronted by the system and they're like, this fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. And then people were like, what do you mean the system sucks? Change your behavior. Not realizing it's a goddamn, it's a quick, it's quicksand. Mm -hmm. Once you get sucked in, you can't get out. And it's set up that way. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like the core. It's a law and order world. This fucking law and order bullshit. There hasn't (laughs) been law and order in this country ever. Ever. And uh, I just feel like this is one of the reasons why people are having such a difficult time, you know, squaring this fucking weird triangle that's our justice system. And trusting anything. And trust. Absolutely. Because if you can't trust the justice Mm -hmm. system, if Mm. you can't trust our our judges, I mean, who the hell can you trust? A mentor of mine in Miami, a brilliant woman, she told me once that young attorneys think that justice is an outcome and that over time, what you realize is that justice is a process Mm. and we are playing in an outcome world and the internet exacerbates that times a million. So did Donald Trump go to jail or not is what we consider justice. Did, um, uh, did, did, uh, what's Stormy Daniels lawyer's name? Oh, Oh, uh, Michael Michael Avenatti. Avenatti. Mm -hmm. You know how many people I I read online with some that guy grosses me out. And I'm like, he grosses me out too, but that's not really what the question, like that's quite literally why we don't do court of public opinion. Right. Right. Like it's a process. It's not a like that guy, I don't like him kind of thing. So. Well, he also stole all of her, all of her money. And now he's actually in jail. Yes. And he should be. Yeah. Because he went through the process. But that was another example of just this binary thinking. Remember when people were like, he should run for president. Mm, I was right. like, what the fuck are you talking That's about? Who the hell is this guy? That's yeah. my point. Is the day and age of clout and you and you intertwine that with the justice system, we become so outcome specific. And by the way, before we got on the mic, we were talking about um, making a murder or one of those shows. And I was like, I can't watch those. This is why I can't watch them. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be pretentious or whatever. It's just like, those shows are to the justice system 
as porn is to sex. Yeah. It's very entertaining. <laughs> but if you base what we should do off mm -hmm. what you're watching mm. there, you're going to be bad at it. Right. Yeah. Like, right. you understand what I'm saying? Like, if I try to fuck like a porn star, I'm not going to be good at it. No, <laughs> no. I, I can't be doing all the, the longevity. The longevity <laughs> in two ways. Yeah. And all that, that, that stuff there. Yeah. So. That's what they're doing. How do we fix it? I mean, look, for me, and this is, I don't know how hot of a take this is on this podcast, but for me, we have to figure out a way to separate, quote unquote, the market or capitalism from our public institutions. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. And how do we do that? We get into so many arguments. I mean, most people agree with that statement. The part where I get into hot take world is like, how do we do that? I get accused of being a communist or something like that. And then <laughs> on the other side, if you're more right leaning or libertarian leaning, you get accused of being you know, whatever, crazy on that side, well, anarchist. But we have to figure out how to separate our public institutions from money. And I have no idea how to fucking do that right now. Because, you know, mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, obviously corporations owning politicians. Everyone knows it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates it. Everyone hates it. Everybody knows it. Sometimes laws are passed with the fucking letterhead from Lockheed Martin. So it's just insane. But the same can be said for judges. And I wonder if one of the ways that we could do it is if they have to disclose who their, I don't know, friends are or benefactors <laughs> are or just who do they hang out with? I, I, I don't was... know, because you look at you look at the Epstein case. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason he got a slap on the wrist. And then that motherfucker ended up going to work in the Trump White House for the Department of Labor. Mm -hmm. I believe he ended up being the Department of Labor head and they knew each other and they were just friends. So. But then are we tracking judges? I, I mean, yeah, you're right. It makes it difficult because also judges have autonomy. They mm -hmm. are citizens. Mm -hmm. They have rights. They can hang out with anybody. At the same time, should they be able to? Well, it gets exhausting, too. That's the other thing as far as, like, the public appetite for this. I mean, when's the last time you guys are very politically plugged in? When's the last time you guys talked about the Panama Papers? Oh, we talk about them every day. I love the Panama Papers. They have donkey news, right? Is that the one with donkey news? The Panama Papers were... Panama Papers, that's where I used to roll my doobies in Panama. Nice. There he is. Hanging out in the canal on a boat. Yeah. This Panama Papers canaling. So the Panama Papers come out, and it basically shows a through line of corruption with some of the most powerful people in the world and how they're evading taxes. And then the whole world went, yeah, we know. Yep. So my point is like, I'm not even sure if we knew about the, I feel like that the response might be with the judges. You go, hey, did you know that uh, Kavanaugh's debt was paid off by the Federalist Society? I think we'd all, I would certainly go, right. yeah, I figured that. <laughs> right. So like then what, okay, n we have the um, mm. transparency you're asking for, which I agree with. All right, now what do we do with it? That's another mm. thing about Trump that was special about him. He, he got on stage and was like, yeah, I cheat. Yeah, right. you? yeah, I mean, it was and America a, went, fuck. Yeah, we would. Yeah. It was a uh, a strange inverse of honesty, right? Uh, which is the closest he can be to telling the truth, I suppose, is admitting that he's a liar. If it makes him uh, look good, strange, he'll, he'll he'll say anything if it makes him look good, including the truth or horrible. <laughs> well, horrible as a moral person, but as a quote unquote winner. Yeah, I suppose right. so. So uh, so with the judges, it's like, all right, if you found out the day that the Federalist Society or somebody associated with him literally paid off all of Kavanaugh's debt. Right. If someone in a Justice Department didn't do something about that, what would you do? I mean, you can't do anything. Right. And you can it, protest outside their houses, but I don't think you're allowed to even do that anymore. No, they passed a law that says you can't. 
Yeah. So, so like, I, I don't, you asked a very difficult question. How do we fix it? Right. Transparency would be a great start, but then we'd have to do something with that. And it kind of gets back to your question at the top of has, have these prosecutor's office been weaponized? Sure. Well, and but also, if somebody commits a crime, shouldn't they prosecute? Mm, I know well, they're picking. I know they're picking and choosing. Right. Well, naturally, and I think that's where a lot of the people again. That's where a lot of the politics uh, come in when it comes to the picking and choosing. You almost wonder if I mean Henry is so far up AI's asshole. Maybe maybe AI would be better uh, when it comes to delineating who should be charged and with what, because uh, I suppose theoretically they wouldn't see a lot of the uh, different things that we see. With our human eyes in this American country of ours. Well, AI wouldn't have school loan debt. AI wouldn't have, you know, all these other personal Needs. connections yeah. Yeah, that you could exploit, which is what you're talking about. How these judges get exploited, how these DAs get exploited. Would AI have empathy, though? Because Right. I'm, That's the problem. I'm down right. with an AI prosecutorial's office at the level of politicians and bank fraud and rich people. You start talking about some of my old clients. I'm like, bro, I'm about to kill a robot. <laughs> I'm, up, right, I'm up here. Right. I'm like, don't you understand? His mother beat him till he was 11 with a fucking. Right, at right. least give him a lighter sentence, you know. Right. Well, you gotta tell AI that it's the civil rights hero of our time, and then <laughs> no, you know, yeah. Wow, Paying I did not grand. realize that. Martin Luther King bot. Well, what, what I would say is we can Hi, use hero. it. We can use it sort of as a as a a litmus test or a, a normalizer. Say, well, you know, the algorithm says. This is likely what the, the consequence of this action should be. But we have to involve empathy. We have to involve a human element. So disconnecting it, you know, saying, oh, AI will now be the new judge. Yeah. It's just it's just the same problem again, because you're you're now Although, instead of money, you're saying an algorithm will choose. The one know? thing that would concern me about that is if you put in the U.S. legal code into an algorithm, all of us are felons. Absolutely. Isn't everything illegal? Oh, yeah. If I you want to prosecute on purpose, but I used to do it on accident all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's another angle when it <laughs> comes to uh, setting people up, when it comes to just the way that the process works politically, it can get pretty fucking sketchy, especially there's um there's a documentary out now. It's about uh, four people and they were set up by the FBI to be terrorists. These people were bumbling fucking idiots. They wouldn't have had enough money to buy a goddamn bullet. Yeah. And there they are with the FBI informant who rolls up with like a tank and like right. you know, a bunch of stuff. They wouldn't have had access to it mm -hmm. otherwise. Mm -hmm. But they're like, yeah, sure, we'll go do that. And the next thing you know, they're like terrorists that are worse than Al-Qaeda. Osama right. bin Laden has been here. You know, it's <laughs> insane. But all of that is just a construct. All of that is just theater. Yeah. And then how many people are actually getting away with huge atrocities because the FBI is too busy playing make-believe? And we all feel that. Even, even people who don't know it feel it. You know what right. I mean? Like you can just exist in America for a decade or so and kind of go, oh, man, everybody's got different rules they're playing by. Mm -hmm. And by the mm -hmm. way, that's the new theory uh, on the right uh, for January 6th <laughs> that the FBI orchestrated it all. That's what's been right. being spouted at me online in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, like, there so, was a time where I was, like, as a young whippersnapper, man, people's faith in these institutions has really fucked America up. These, right. So many people blindly having faith in the CIA and the FBI and police in general and our government has really allowed some shitty things to go on. True, and, though. 100% true. But as that faith has disintegrated, 
I'm like, oh, this is not good either. This is not right. a good society it's either. It's another extreme that's also bad. We need to have faith in them because they deserve it. I don't know how to get there. How do wow. they, de- what can they do to deserve it? I mean, how do they change? How do they get, I mean, going back to PR, quite frankly, how do they correct the narrative? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we had a former U.S. president, when he was sitting as president, side with a foreign leader against our intelligence community. But then we also have our intelligence community. We've talked with a lot of people, former CIA agents, talking about fucking John Brennan's psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, true, insane, warhawk psychos that have unbelievable amounts of power, right. unlimited money. Mm-hmm. Dark money. We don't know where the fuck the eight hundred billion dollars yeah. goes. We don't know what happens to it. So yeah, how do they? They need to start taking some accountability and gaining our trust back. Because otherwise, you think J six was bad. I mean, I don't want to be uh, too hyperbolic, but it's scary, dude. I mean, people are fucking armed to the teeth. Mm-hmm. We have so many guns in this country. Yeah, and uh, you know when people so at some point rhetoric does turn into action. And I, I feel like we kind of feel like we're holding on by a string sometimes. I, yeah, well, I agree with you. It's funny you say that because I was this close to making a joke at your first pause. I was going to be like, I was going to say, you're right. We should hold them accountable. Ben and I agree. Let's murder some of them. But then, but then, you, went pa- but then you went past the joke. And it's like, but yeah, that is like violence is kind of where this is leading, though. Because mm-hmm. also, if you, you know, with the horrible um, you know, laws that have been passed with both uh, Democrats and Republicans, three strikes and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, once there's no option for somebody, then the only option is I'm my own sovereign citizen and I'm going to bring democracy back. I'm bringing the republic back. And it can be uh, very dangerous because everyone's vision of what America should be is different. Mm. And uh, man, I, I don't know. It's just... I think it's going to be very dangerous for three reasons. One no matter how many guns we have, once the feds decide to quell anything like that, they can and they will. And I mean, it's not going to be that easy. Well, it'll be easy in pocket. Because I'm what telling I mean you, is, though, also, when it comes to local police precincts, who says that they're not going to be going against the federal government, too? Oh, for sure. You know, when they have military mm-hmm. uh, equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing that now with some of these sort of judges and sheriffs. You know, they have the backing of people who want to secede. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking local. She's a representative in Congress on a federal level, and she's calling for secession. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the local politicians in Texas anymore. It's actual federal em- employees that are calling for this stuff. I'm saying if those types of violent things happen, it'll give the feds onus to pass things that are so dark. Even right. more. I mean, what do we even... Every time we go through TSA, I'm like, what am I fucking doing here? Especially nowadays, to be honest, it's kind of sad. But the way technology has worked, they can see my dick and balls as soon as I walk in there with a camera. Yeah. (laughs) Just get rid of all the structure and just have me walk through something. I mean, we all know what you're doing. Ben is why we got to do the big wraparound thing. So his dick will fit. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I got a nice set of balls. Hey. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? All this stuff Big is balls, bullshit. Yeah. yeah it's but all they don't want to get rid of it for TSA reasons because, of course, those are thousands and thousands of jobs and the federal government wants to, you know, kind of bloat those numbers up a little bit. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Travis, what do you think? When When's it all going down? Well, it's constantly going down every day, any day of the week. I mean... The climate change community says we have a limited amount of time. The doomsday clock. I love it when they update the doomsday clock. I like, know. We are one eighth of a second away from doomsday. It's like, all right, how many more seconds are there on this damn clock? I did want to kind of circle back to, to Drew's uh, his public service. Thank you, Drew, for your service as a public defender. Um, but I did want to know how it's different. You know, when you're working a job down in Miami Dade and you're saying, you know, you're in the hot tub, you're all a bunch of hot people in a hot Ooh. tub. But, you know, it's a fascinating conversation just in terms of how the justice system works. But Drew, I know that you're from Tennessee and you care about Tennessee. When we were in Knoxville for the Scruffy City Comedy Festival back in 2015, we went and saw your old neighbor, Bo. Rest in peace, Bo. You know, when you care about a community, when you care about a place like Tennessee and and you have these uh, judicial skills, these legal skills, do you think it changes the way you approach your work a little bit? Like maybe there are still lawyers with hearts who care about the places they're from and they want to do good, you know, as opposed to just being like a hotshot lawyer in Miami. You know, when you're doing public defending in the place like Tennessee that you care about and that's your home. Does it just kind of change the mindset a little bit? There are plenty of psychopaths, uh, hotshot lawyer types, et cetera, et cetera, in every city. And then anywhere there's power or money to be had Mm -hmm. politically and otherwise, you're going to have that for sure. But I'll go ahead and and be real cynical for you, Travis. There's a lot of people who genuinely love their community who are, in my opinion, doing as as much or more damage than those psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah, so mm. really caring about Miami-Dade will have you doing some fucked up policies towards Miami-Dade. Really caring about Knoxville can have you engage in some fucked up battle. I mean, that's the thing. Donald Trump's a psychopath, but most of his true believers genuinely love America. It doesn't mean they're not going to shoot their fucking neighbor if Donald Trump tells them to because they <laughs> believe that that's how they save America. So, uh, but, but to be, well, I mean, I think they're like an idea of America, right? Because isn't America, America's an idea, right? So their version of America, they love, but that's kind of one of the interesting things about America is you can have a lot of different versions of what you think America is. So I went to a drag show recently in Knoxville because there were people there protesting it who said they weren't going to let people go in. And so Hmm. see me and some of my friends went to like stand between this, like, all right, if you want to go to the drag. So, yeah. I believe that those people believe that they're protecting their community Mm. with their guns. And does that make it any better? No, it makes it worse. That's sort of my point. (laughs) That's what the nightmare is, is they don't see these trans people as part of their community. So it's like you go back to the corruption. Drag, drag. 
people. Politicians don't have to worry about when their number's going to get called for being corrupt, awful, stealing from us, et cetera, et cetera, because we're at each other's throats. And they did that. Right. So, so it's very sad to be less cynical and less sad because I do have a comedy special to promote. <laughs> right. Yes. Do, do, do I or other people approach things? I mean, of, of course, there's so many decent hearted, great people inside the justice system in Knoxville on every side of it. And their job is to try and have a healthy community. Mm-hmm. And, and part of having a healthy community is having laws that are upheld. In some ways, when, I, when I'm in a good mood and I look back on the work we did there, I'm like, man, we pulled off tiny miracles every fucking day. Yeah. Mm. And then in, well, on my, again, I said I wasn't going to be cynical. On my more cynical days, you know that, um, that uh, David Foster Wallace speech where he talks about what is water? Mm-hmm. The two fish? Yeah. Where he's like, two fish swimming by each other. And, hey, fellas, how's the water? And the two fish swim on and they go, hey, what the fuck is water? It's like fish don't know <laughs> they're in water. Right. That's how I felt like I was, that's the felt like I, the work I was doing every yeah. day at the wow. courthouse is we're just in water and we don't know what it is. Hmm. And it, it is going to take people with decent hearts at a small level, at the community level to change this country from the inside out. And, it, and it's going to, it's going to be regardless of what's going on. Yeah. At the political level. I mean, you I also I mean? think that uh, public defenders should be paid a hell of a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of money. I don't know why the prosecutors get all the cash. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, there's a lot of monetary things that we could do to get people, you know, out there to be public defenders and uh, to help out folks who are totally screwed. They get more cash because putting uh, people in jail is actually more financially. It's it makes more money than letting innocent, innocent people go, Ben. So that's number yeah. one. And then number two is our culture is they're the good guys and the criminals are the bad guys. Right. Well, yeah, it's us and them, even though it's like somebody's cousin. It's a citizen who's on trial. Of course. Yeah. I don't mm. understand that. I've never liked uh, prosecutors very much myself. Yeah. But, yeah. How uh, do you how do you feel about Kentanji uh, Jackson Brown? You know, she's like what the first public defender to be actually named to the Supreme Court. I mean, that's got to be at least if you're a judge, it's probably good to understand how defense works as well right there's so many prosecutors yeah who become judges and attorney generals who go on to be senators it's like the prosecutors run everything and the defenders should be yeah i wasn't going to bring that up because i would have sounded too much like a homer but in terms of like (laughs) the uh to elected official or attorney general or supreme court type judge the prosecutor to that pipeline is huge i mean it's Mm. like it's like 80 20 in in most uh urban like uh jurisdictions yeah. and then when you get on the country it's like 95 to 5 wow yeah. wow right. Oof. well and of course prosecutors are needed there's some horrible people out there as well who need to be uh, incarcerated but you just wonder the motivation for the the majority of people that are filling our prisons yeah and there's seems- a couple of uh prosecutors who need to be in jail too apparently yeah. can't even hit their girlfriend with a freaking bullet yeah, yeah that's Put that that's guy the- in jail bad shot but it is it is sad because I just feel like there's so much of it that's just like a factory farm that just yeah. sends people right there. And again, once you're in, you can't get out. Yeah. And and who's who's going to be able to exploit that factory farm the easiest people who have already been playing in it a long time. So it, yeah. it, so it's a cycle. It gets worse. Um, I explain it to people uh, who aren't in the justice system like a mechanic. It's like, you know how like a really good mechanic is just awesome. 
Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, big old butt, nice crack. Trust them. <laughs> yeah. Do good work. And then you know how a shitty mechanic, you, you start to get that pit in your stomach oh, as soon yeah. as you hear the phrase. So that's what bad cops and bad prosecutors are. But instead of a car going bad, somebody goes to prison or dies. Right. Wow. So there's nothing better than a good cop or a good prosecutor. Yeah. And it is sad that they get completely overshadowed by the negative. The cops um, do lately. I still don't think prosecutors are. Very few people are up on the prosecutors are corrupt point. You guys are think so. You guys are ahead of the curve here. <laughs> well, yeah. now we know why you're apologizing to your kids and you're in your new special, it's about the justice system. No, it's the <laughs> justice system to my future kids. I'm sorry, you're all in jail. <laughs> to my future kids, I'm sorry. So when's this special coming out? What, what are it's people, already out. It's, it's already out. Where can Amazon. people find it? On Amazon. Amazon. All right. Well, check out the special. <laughs> it's fantastic. Drew Morgan. And uh, thank you so much for being here, buddy. Thanks for having Fernando, me. do you have anything? Uh, you know, um, I, I actually have a really bad opinion of public defenders. But speaking of bad one, well, I, I tend to because I feel like they're in the belly of the beast. And you, when you're in there, yeah. what are you going to do? How can you really fight the evil prosecutor sure. and the, the corrupt judges that have already been bought out? Mm. But I don't know, with with you talking just now, I feel like it's in, the empathy is there. As long as there's empathy and yeah. as long as there's a human element and the money isn't that, then the money maybe isn't that strong. Yeah. Well, another way to use that um the mechanic analogy, though, is part of the problem with any attorney is you don't talk to an attorney unless you're already having a shitty exactly. fucking Exactly. So you're right. already like <laughs> defensive, scared, confused, et cetera. What I would say to you or anybody out there is if you get accused of a crime, if you can afford the top guy or gal, if you can get that person who everyone in that community, you're in Knoxville, you, you ask around, there's two or three people who just have a reputation. They're a great fucking attorney. If you can afford them, you go with them. Right. Mm. If you can't, generally, this is a generalization, but rolling the dice, public defenders over the lower level defense lawyers every day of the week. Is that right? Okay. Every fucking day of the week. Mm. Awesome. What if, if I could afford that expensive attorney? What if I just gave that money to my public defender and had him try to help me? They wouldn't. Most of them, first of all, wouldn't really be able to work any harder unless they quit their job because they still have other clients. Mm. And that weight of that caseload. Yeah is one of the differences. Another one is those top two or three guys and gals have probably 20 or 25 years of experience usually. Mm. And you just can't match. No amount of money is going to make the eight-year public defender have that much experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many uh, cases does a public defender usually juggle at once? It depends on the jurisdiction. But when I was in Miami-Dade, I had about 70 to 80. Wow. Jesus. And then I I was about 60 in Knoxville. And then I, I got up to 120 once in Miami Day. That was the highest. And then, but if you're talking about like a federal public defender, that's like 25. But like in the public defender world, that's it's almost like, no, we said public defenders. <laughs> Those people have it easy. You know, they get 80 grand a year and have a 25 caseload cap. That's insane. So wow. when when you say 70 cases, though, what's the timeline? What two months? Like 70 cases in two months, kind of thing? Oh, at one time, that's how many I have open. Mm-hmm. So if I close. If eight to ten close that week, then in theory, I hopefully won't pick up more than eight to ten that wow. week. Wow. So it's constant. It's basically. constant. It's usually more of a monthly mm. uh, calendar than a weekly, though. Whew. It's a lot of freaking work. Mm. All right. Oh, I got one more question here, Drew. I just got to <laughs> ask. You know, you're, you're, you got your two sides. You got your prosecutors. You got your defense attorneys. What's up? 
with the robes. Why do they put a judge in a robe? I always think the robe is so silly. It's like you're pleading your case. Someone's life is on the line. It's like hey, some old guy's wearing a bathrobe. Yeah, and they're, they're the, not wearing pants. The, the arbiter, there. the arbiter wait, of wait, justice. Wait till you hear what they do in England. Um, <laughs> oh no, that is our system is a grandchild, if you will, of the British courts. Right, that's where that comes from. I can't explain it beyond that. The only other thing I can say is we do need some way in our heads anyway to signify that this person has a very specific role that's different than everyone else. Mm. I'm not sure mm. that's true, but that's what the symbolism I think of is course. for. Mm. Yes. Wow. All so right. it's all based on the British, as always. As <laughs> always, Drew Colonizing. Morgan to my future kids. I'm sorry. And I believe that you're going to have a kid here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! We, uh, and then you're going to have September to have 15th. more for your special not to be a lie. That's definitely <laughs> true. How many kids yeah. are you going to have? Uh, nine in case too many of them die, and I don't want the special to be a lie. Fantastic. There you go. All <laughs> right, your best. Everyone. Check out everything Drew does. Uh, just fantastic. And thank you so much for being here, buddy. Yeah, I'm at Drew Morg Comedy, and thank you for having us. Yes, and it's good. I What an interesting career arc you've had. <laughs> Public defender to comedian to someone who is apologizing to their children. Sounds about right. <laughs> right. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace.